Well, good morning, Bonjean Church of Christ. Um, and congratulations on your 40 years of meeting together here as a, a body of believers, um, disciples of Jesus Christ. It's really wonderful. Robin and I, uh, we're really glad that we could be here today. But I'll tell you a little secret. We actually weren't coming. <laughs> we were asked to come, but we sort of thought, well, we've got a better offer. No. <laughs> it's actually our Sunday school's break-up today. And the Sunday school are doing a presentation and whatnot. And I sort of thought, you know, well, I think we really should be there. So we sort of talked about it and decided the answer was no. Uh, but we hadn't given Rhonda the final answer yet. We're sort of just uh, trying to work out how we're going to break it to her. Um, <laughs> Anyway, but the thing is, sometimes when we have our plans, God has his plans, which very inconveniently makes them different to our plans. Um, so the other night I was driving to Bandy to do our night service there in Bandy, and we've had some good rain out there, folks, and, and um, so not as stressful driving at the moment in the dark. Um, usually in the last little while, we've had about probably average of about... 30 kangaroos per kilometre to watch out for, you know, whereas now it's sort of down to about one. So I, I had plenty of time to pray as I drove. And, and I was praying, and I thought, I was praying about our church and the direction of our church that God would have us going. I, pray, I was praying about the unity of our church and, and for continued meeting together as, as a community of disciples of Jesus. Uh, and I also prayed specifically for me and, and how the Lord wants me to be serving God. And, and I just laid it all on the altar and I said, God, not my will, but, but your will be done always. I, I will go wherever you tell me. I will do whatever you want me to do. Um, whatever you direct, I, I, all you have to do is just make it very clear to me that this is your will and I'll do it. The answer is yes. I don't even have to think about it anymore. You make it clear it's your will and I'll do it. Anyway. Has anyone ever prayed a prayer like that? I hope you have. It's a very important prayer to pray, but it's also a very dangerous prayer to pray. Uh, you could end up spending the weekend at a place like Bon Jean. Um, anyway, I prayed this prayer and I arrived at Durambani and a very short while after I arrived, I was setting up for church and whatnot. Ding! As your mobile phone does when it gets a message. And it's a text from Rhonda. Once again asking, have you decided yet? Are you coming? She, she's persistent. You've got to give her that, hey. Uh, then she went on and she asked, would you be willing to speak on what it means to be the church, disciples of Christ, and the importance of belonging to a community of believers? And, and it, was, it just struck me. It was like God took a great big stick and hit me over the head because not only was this an echo of everything that I had just finished praying about, uh, but it's everything that... Um, I guess Bush Disciples is about and it was like God was saying is that clear enough for you and I said right oh God we're off to Bonjean for the weekend and, and here we are so what does it mean to be the church disciples of Christ and what is the importance of belonging to a community of believers she hasn't given me a very big topic has she and, but it's okay, because I've got 10 minutes to cover it. Um, so I've decided I'm going to talk like an auctioneer today, and we're going to have the sermon. And, um, no, I decided I'd, I'd sort of play it around a bit, okay? So I've only got 10 minutes, so I haven't started yet. Um, because I can't start until Justin's done the reading. 
Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Morning. Um, yeah, so I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Righto. Now, by doing what we've just done, we've just read a few sentences from the middle of the book of Ephesians. Effectively, what we've done, we've just read a tiny snippet of somebody else's mail. Now, that's a bit of a strange thing to do. We wouldn't normally do something like that, but we do it with the Bible all the time, which is why we need to put it into context. Okay, so this is a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And he's just spent the first three chapters, the whole, basically the whole of the first three chapters of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, focus on what we as Christians believe. He's reminding us about, he's been reminding us about the, the glorious riches that we have in the grace of Christ. Now, of course, the, the riches that we have in, the, in Christ have nothing to do with anything as trivial as silver or gold or, or money. It's all about the wonderful gift and the wonderful privilege that it is to be called the children of God, even though we don't deserve it. And now, as we come to the beginning of chapter 4, we get the therefore. Right? We'll find this in, in a lot of the letters that we read in the New Testament. You sort of, they make these wonderful, grand statements, theological statements, and we take them one week and we study them. And then the next week... We get to the therefore, and we, we don't hold the two together sometimes. But that's what we need to do. We get to the therefore. So therefore, because of the way that we've been included in Christ, therefore, we should walk in a manner worthy of that calling that we have. Why do you think Jesus called you? Is it because you're so lovable? Uh, is it because of your magnetic personality? Is it because you're so good looking and Jesus likes hanging out with good looking people? I can looking out among you here. Oh, yes, maybe that's so. Uh, is it because of your popularity and Jesus likes to be with the in crowd? Or is it because you're really smart and really witty and Jesus loves to get a, have a good old belly laugh at all of your fantastic jokes? Um, maybe it's because you're so successful. And Jesus enjoys being with successful people. Does anyone here believe that it is any of those reasons why Jesus has called them? Come on. You realise what I'm doing, don't you? I'm, I'm getting people to, to put up their hands to confess to being a narcissist. Right? Come on. It's time to fess up. This is your chance to say, it's all about me. Um, Jesus chose me for me because I'm so wonderful. No takers. Okay. It's not, is it? It's not all about us. It's all about Jesus. And this is the thing. He calls us who are so unworthy to the highest calling that, that anybody has ever been called. To be a child of God. To be an ambassador for Christ. Not because we deserve it. But because that's what Christ does. He calls those who don't deserve it. 
people like me, people like you. He laid down his blood, his, his life, he shed his blood on the cross to make this possible. In chapter 2 we read, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. We have been saved to the very highest of callings. Wow. No, no, no. Wow! Wow! This is... Is anybody excited by this? We've been called to the very highest of callings. Do I get a wow? Wow! Wow! wow. Okay, yes, yes, wow. Good one. And what difference should this make to our lives? Well, it should make every difference. We have this high calling and therefore we should live in a manner worthy of that calling. Okay. Does anyone here remember the name Marcus Einfeld? Anybody? Mostly shakes of heads. He used to be known as Justice Einfeld, OA, Order of Australia. Uh, he was a very highly respected and influential federal judge. Does anyone remember him yet? I'm getting a couple of nods, a couple of hands going up. Okay, for those that still hang with me, well, it was like Salah's century, isn't it? We just give a little bit more information until it all clicks. In January 2006, Justice Einfeld's car was captured by a speed camera, an image of it, um, doing a massive 10 kilometres an hour over the speed limit, doing 70 in a 60 zone, I think it was. And it earned him a huge $77 fine and the loss of a demerit point or two. Now, rather than cop that fine and, and give away those couple of points, Justice Einfeld filled out a statutory declaration, declaration testifying that an old friend of his who was visiting from the United States was driving his car at the time. And, of course, when that stat deck went to court, they read this testimony that he's given and, and under oath, and, well, we can't book him then, can we? It's somebody else who did it. It was revealed the day after the court case that the person who Justice Einfeld had testified was driving his car had died three years earlier. <laughs> and so this very powerful federal judge had perjured himself and then his perjury kept mounting up as he continued to try and lie his way out of it. No, 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 that's a different person. It's this person by the same name. And guess what? They died one year earlier. And, and, and his lies just kept coming and kept coming. Does anyone remember the case now? A few more of us might? Yeah, okay. Now, what made that news? Like, we heard about it because it was news. It was on every news service of everywhere. It was on the wireless, it was on the television, it was on the, in the newspapers. What made it news? If ordinary old Joe Blow down the road lied on a stat deck over a $77 speeding fine, we'd never hear about it, would we? Or we wouldn't care about it either. Why? Why was this case any different? Well, as a federal judge, his, Marcus Einfeld had a very high calling and the community had a very high expectation and it and a real and appropriate expectation that he would walk in a manner worthy of his calling. But he didn't. He lied to the court. When, when his calling was to uphold justice, he made a mockery of the justice system. And so he was convicted 
and he is sentenced to a non-parole period of at least two years in jail. He is stripped of his judgeship and is quite rightly stripped of his Order of Australia. Now, as Christians, we have a much higher calling than a federal judge. Much higher calling. And we are to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. We're called not only to believe in Jesus, we're also called to follow Jesus in all of his ways. This is what discipleship is about. Jesus didn't actually give us the command, go and make converts. He made the command, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Now this is what, what we call Christ-likeness, as we grow in the Lord and we develop and take on the ways of Jesus. We follow our Saviour in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our own strength, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, accepting that his ways are higher than our ways. And because Jesus is Lord, and because Jesus is our Lord, he is Lord of our whole life. He is Lord of everything that we do, of every sphere in which we are, and whether it's our school or our work or our family life, our private life. Jesus is Lord of every part of us. But specifically, in this reading today, it is specifically talking about our relationship with other Christians. To walk in a manner worthy of our calling is to walk together with other Christians. I write a pushbike for exercise for exercise and some of you will straight away go well he obviously doesn't do enough of it uh, no I actually do a fair bit of it um, but I find that, that I, I, I can't take I'd much rather ride on my own um, and because if I take somebody else with me invariably one of two things will happen uh, either they're too slow and I'm just not getting enough exercise I can spend all this time riding and oh, heart rate's not even up I'm not even puffing why am I spending all this time doing this and it's not even doing me any good? But more common these days is if I go for a ride with one of my boys or something, it's like, oh man, I can't keep up with them. It's like, ah, ah. And, and like I might be able to keep up with them for maybe 15 or 20 kilometres, but then I realise that I've been at my limit for that 15 or 20 kilometres and now they're ready for a sprint to the finish line. And it's like, ah. and so I find it's just so much easier to ride by myself. Now, this is the way that many of us are alike with church or with our walk with God. Some people feel that to move on spiritually, they have to shake off everybody else who's holding them back. You know, they, they distance themselves from those other Christians who they don't feel are good enough. And they feel those other Christians, well... They're not quite right, you know. Uh, they're not dedicated enough. They're not spiritual enough. They're, they're not enthused enough. But then there's those who like to go it alone for the exact opposite reason. Because then when they get together with those other Christian folk, then they feel they're getting pushed too hard. They're getting pushed to where they don't want to go. They're, they're getting pushed to to repent of sins that they want to hold on to. They're, they're getting pushed to go deeper with God when they're quite happy where they are, thank you very much. They'd rather just poke along nice and slow with God in their own way and, and not be challenged too much. And I've heard it said so many times, and, and I'm sure you have too, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. 
Well, and I used to sort of think, oh, I guess that's sort of true. But, you know, the more I study the scriptures, the more I realise that's just not right. That's not following our calling. To walk in a manner worthy of our calling is to walk together with other Christians, not to walk away from them. This very high calling that we have is to be the church together in community. And we do it in humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love, in an eagerness to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. This is what it means to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Now, I don't know much about your history. I've just heard a little bit about your history. But I'm just going to, I hope I don't offend anyone, but I'm going to lump you into what my experience of most churches that I've seen and been a part of. And if you're anything like most churches, to walk together for 40 years, I suspect there's been a fair bit of bearing with one another, one another in love. <laughs> oh, I do know your church, do I? I suspect there's been times when there's been a fair bit of gentleness extended when you don't feel like being gentle. Um, I suspect there's been a fair bit of humility and patience. So that's right, eh? That's this church? Yeah. Because this isn't the perfect church, eh? Well, I'm warning you, if you're looking for the perfect church, that the saying is, if you find a perfect church, don't join it, because you'll ruin it. Um, because we're not all perfect Christians. To walk in a manner worthy of our calling is to walk together with other Christians in all of their imperfections and all of our imperfections. And we do it because this is an expression of the unity of the Spirit. If anyone's feeling that they're getting held back by others in the chance, in, in church, well, here's your chance to learn to use your humility and your gentleness and your patience. You see, the weak don't hold us back. The weak give us strength as we practice these things, as we practice our humility, as we practice our gentleness. And as we gently encourage the other to move them on and to encourage them on in their walk with God. If anyone is feeling, oh, it's just a little too hard. You don't understand, Michael. You don't know what those people are like. I can't. How do I maintain relationships with people like that? Hey, this is the chance for, for eagerness to maintain the unity of the Spirit. In Jesus Christ... Is there not a bond of peace, a peace, a bond far greater in Christ, far greater than the barriers that we put up? Um, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling is to walk together in peace, even with those who we find difficult. There is one body. There is one spirit. We are called to one hope. Now, that means we Christians have a common destination. We're all on the same bus and we're heading to the same destination. 
Now, look around you. That's not a rhetorical comment. Have a look around you. Look at these people. Aren't they wonderful people? All right. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Some of them you've been walking with for a long time. Some of them for a short while. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, these are the people who you spend life with. As Christians, we engage with one another and we share life with one another. And that's pretty good practice because these are the same ones that we're going to spend eternity with. We share in the one hope. You each share in the one hope with each other and with the one hope with me. We're bound together for eternity in Christ Jesus. And um, I think it was Trevor who said, um, and we'll pray that we have another 40 years. I'm actually going to pray something different. And I pray we've got less than 40 years because I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. Isn't going to be good when Jesus comes back? To walk in a manner worthy of our calling is to walk together with other Christians. Let's pray. Lord God, we just want to pray for the Christian church here in this district. Lord, we want to thank you for your calling. Lord, we recognise that we are the least worthy to be called to that very high calling of being your children, and yet you've called us anyway. By grace we have been saved through faith. And this is not of our own doing, it is the gift of God. Lord, remind us of this every day. And Lord, help us to walk in a manner worthy of this calling. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Produce in us the fruit of the Spirit. Give to us humility and gentleness and patience. Fill us with your holy love. A love that will just, we would exude and, and be a love that we have for those who are in our midst. And Lord, help us to bear with one another in that love. Lord, we are eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. By your Holy Spirit, please make this possible. Lord, your word tells us that the world will know that we are your disciples by the love that we have for one another. And Lord, I pray that you would bless this church here at Bonjean with a deep love, a love that was, is so deep that it would be like a giant lighthouse to the whole world so that the whole world would, would see the love that these people have for one another and say, see how they love each other. They must be disciples of Jesus. Lord, I pray that this love will bear witness to the world to the unity of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.